this is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective. We took the eight out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast, all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com, where you can search for Not Straightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. Want to support Not Straightcast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straightcast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. We reopened briefly during the summer because the cases were like plummeting. They were going way down. Everything mm-hmm. looked like it was heading in the right direction. So we reopened under, you know, uh, with strict guidelines, uh, mask wearing and stuff like that. But No, no touching of the genitals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to Not Straight Cast. I'm Jason Bailey. And I'm Joe Krynock. Welcome to our premiere episode. Jason, how are you doing today? Not too bad. I'm very excited to do this very first premiere, not at all second recorded episode of this show. Uh, you have to pull the uh, curtain back and let them see backstage, huh? Yeah, yeah a little <laughs> bit. We we uh, we did this once, but we weren't happy with the audio, so here we are again. I uh, doing it again for you <laughs> well you know here's the whole entire thing um in that episode the one that we recorded i'm like a podcast is not good unless it has good audio and yeah. the audio sucked in that episode so you know it's like hello i'm a hypocrite <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, i mean it's just one of those cases there when you're recording stuff you're, you're not in the same room oh yeah it's it a little tougher you know so yeah absolutely well someday when we're super duper famous uh, we'll release that secret episode because we have it saved in a in a Google Drive vault. <laughs> vault, literally, yeah, that would be the actual word, vault. <laughs> it's in a lockbox. Remember that? Remember when Al Gore ran for president? Oh my God! Yeah, and SNL made fun of him. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> oh we my God! We have the lockbox. <laughs> in the lockbox is another lockbox. Yeah. Oh. So We're before to show we get, our age, yeah, yeah, I know, right? So before we get too off topic, before the show is even started, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I, I'll get started. I'm Jason Bailey. I and I'm am, Joe Cranock. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I thought we were starting over again. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead there. Uh, here we I'm, introduce yourself, Jason. So let me ask you a question here. Sure. What do you bring to the table? Why do you want to be a podcaster? Is my question. Well, one of the main reasons that I wanted to do this is obviously we're in a pandemic uh, and there's there's not a lot to do. I'm the marketing and events guy for the local bathhouse. I also help some uh, local bars, nightclubs, things like that uh, occasionally. And all of those places are still closed. 
So I don't have a lot going on, but I love creating content and feeling like I, I am connecting with people. This is a great way to do that. I get to spend time with you, Joe. I, we get to talk about current events. We get to talk about local events. Uh, we're both based in Pittsburgh, so we'll talk about local events uh, here and there. Uh, it's just a way for me to get some social interaction, kind of. How about you, Joe? Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, it's like ever since this pandemic began, for me at first, it was perfectly fine because I'm a, I would say, a extroverted introvert. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what would you call yourself? Would you say you're an introvert, extrovert? Yeah, something very similar. I really, really okay. enjoy nights in on the couch, watching TV, mm-hmm. cooking food, uh, stuff like that. And then every once in a while, I feel like I need to be around people and I go out to the bar. So you recharge your social batteries and then you're fine for a while then, right? Yeah. So I felt the same way as you at the beginning of this. It was yeah. wonderful. Like, oh, got, great. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to see anybody, you know? <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of shit on my DVR. Uh, I've got all this Netflix that I wanted to catch up on, but I did that within the, you know, like eight months later, I was like, okay, I want to go to a bar. (laughs) Well, see, for me, it's a little different because I work day job as well. I do tech support for a large steel corporation and, um, well, (laughs) nothing really changed. Actually, if anything, I was actually working more. Oh, wow. So, because I was taking on an additional job because we were at the time a little shorthanded. And then with the pandemic going on, they're like, well, we're not going to hire anybody. And sure. You know, so also too took a little bit of a pay cut, but, uh, uh, but no then fun. what's weird is I got the pay cut reinstated. Oh, you got it. And then back. I got a raise and I'm like, how the hell does that happen? <laughs> I'm like the only person who gets a pay raise in a pandemic, but keep in mind, I didn't get a pay raise for two years. Yeah. So not, not because I wasn't doing a good job. It was like, literally the company was like in turmoil. Sure. So the company's stable now and everything there. And so it's one of those cases there where, you know, they kind of were actually in a sense catching up to where I should have been. So oh, good. Yeah. But it was just kind of weird timing. It's like, you guys could not have given me a pay raise whenever the economy was good. Sure. Now you have to wait till it goes to complete shit. And then all of a sudden decide, Hey, we're going to give you a pay raise. <laughs> but really, like I said before, it's like literally playing catch up. Yeah. So, yeah. So you do that. Um, I understand though. You were telling me before we were talking, you used to work at a radio station. Yes. I, what, what kind of radio station? It was 106.3, the bear in the Huntington bear. County. And it was a the country. Bear. Yeah. It was country music. I uh, I think I was like. 16, 15, 16, 17 at the time that I did that. Um, what was your on air name? Just out of curiosity. It was just Jason. It wasn't anything special. I was, I was on halfway through the morning. Nobody was really listening. It was also a relatively new radio station. It didn't have, uh, a lot of following yet because there were other established country music radio stations in the area. But, uh, the owner of the, radio station was extremely strict and didn't want any shenanigans, no funny stuff, no goofing around. And on the first day of deer season, I was in between songs, making an announcement. Uh, and the, the radio station was called the bear, which I Uh had to say frequently. And it was the first day of deer season Oh, and no. I got my words mixed up and said it was the first day of the beer season. 
and she didn't like that and she fired me. <laughs> really? Yeah, she thought wow. I did it on purpose just to be funny. And she, she didn't yeah, want any screwing just, around. That reminds me of a story. So my story is I started like some low power TV stations and these low power TV stations in Pittsburgh, they did these live auctions mm-hmm. every weekend. And I was the technical director at the station. I was also the announcer. So every the weird thing was is that at the time, most of us at the station smoked cigarettes. So what we would do is that we were on the air for six hours, okay? Mm-hmm. So we'd take a commercial break that was six minutes long or seven or eight <laughs> every hour. But also, too, give us a chance to ID ourselves because you have to ID yourselves once an sure. hour. Sure, yeah. And then also, too, we come back and we'd give the directions on how to bid in the auction and everything there because you'd have to call and place a bid. You needed a bidder number and stuff like sure. that. But we also had a case there where sometimes people would call up and they would bid on items, they would win them, and then they wouldn't pick them up. So what do you do to counteract that? Well, in that case, sir, you have to eventually uh, suspend their bidder number. And eventually, if it keeps going on, then it becomes permanently suspended. Sure. Except one day I combined the words permanently and suspended, and I came up with sus permanently. <laughs> and That's the hilarious. host of the show, her, her mic was on at the time. She just completely lost her head was down on the desk. <laughs> of the uh, table we had the wheel around because you know yeah. it, it was uh you know so we could show the items everything on camera yeah it, it was a very low budget operation but i mean it's kind of like you had to have fun doing it there yeah so Otherwise, similar, you would want to die yeah s- similar to your situation with smoking because i smoked all the way back then too our commercial breaks were very short okay. so that wasn't a good time to go have a cigarette but <laughs> it, another thing that i got in trouble for was because at least once per hour I played Lone Star Amaze uh, because it was a long enough song to go have a cigarette to. <laughs> Wait, so you would play the same song? Yes, every hour. hour. Well, was it on the playlist? I mean, could you do that? Yeah, I uh, okay. I, I had manual control. Okay. Uh, this was an old, old equipment. I would queue up the next song. Well, were you guys play, using parts? And yeah, and literally okay. fade over. Okay, you guys are actually using carts to play the songs. Yeah, and Ugh. so so Lone Star's Amaze uh, was a long enough song that I could run out and have a cigarette. So I played it every time mm-hmm. I wanted a cigarette, basically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, we would just take that commercial break, all run back into the break room because at the time we could still smoke. Yeah. Inside of buildings. <laughs> You know, and then run back out into the studio. So, well, the good thing about my situation was that was right when that song came out, I believe, because it was mm-hmm. incredibly popular and we got a lot of requests for it anyway. So, people didn't seem to mind that I played the hell out of it. Yeah. So, in that case, you were perfectly fine playing that song because, yeah, it, thank God it was popular. Yeah. Absolutely. So, now uh, you've been in Pittsburgh for how long, Joe? Have you always lived here? Um, I'm originally from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, which is the county to the right of Allegheny County. So okay. from there originally. Nice. So it's about 40 miles away. Yeah. And then um, I moved to Pittsburgh in the year 2000. Okay. And uh, I've been here ever since, actually. So That's wonderful. I came here. What year was that? You know, uh, it was either 2012 or 2013. Uh, I think it, I think it was 2012 because I lived in the middle of downtown that New Year's Eve, and there was 2013. I think it was later projected. on actually that you came in. 
No, no, no. Because I here's was... what we're talking about here. Uh, yeah. So Jason and I, what we're talking about is that we both, um, I, after the TV station thing, I went back in IT for a while. Eventually I started up a podcast network, which then combined with another network, which was owned by a guy named uh, Red Beard, Blackbeard, or Redhead Blackbeard. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Redhead Blackbeard. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So this guy, narcissistic stuff. Anyways, I don't know why I even signed on with that, but nonetheless, um, that's where I met Jason at, was mm-hmm. at the uh, Redhead Blackbeard Network. Yeah. In which we <laughs> produced uh, shows there. And Jason was the marketing guy, and I was the technical director there again. And yeah, a host of shows. And you and I were on a podcast together that I hosted normally with somebody else, but they were off for that week. So I asked if you wanted to sub in and you subbed in and it was a great time. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I was just a laptop in my living room, but I had a lot of fun with the interaction. Uh, it was the interaction that I liked and it was the fact that a, a couple people watched it. A couple people commented on it. I liked that too. I liked getting feedback and having the interaction with people and that was back when we could do whatever the hell we wanted because there was no pandemic. <laughs> and now well, it was funny that we're still doing it remotely then at that point in time. And now we have to, you know? Yeah. But so now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Oh, go yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no. So now we're in the pandemic. I, uh, and that kept popping into my mind at the very beginning of the pandemic, you started doing some, I, uh, online games with people, Jackbox games, doing some streaming live stuff like that. And I really like that concept as well. And then throughout the remainder of the pandemic, that uh, podcast that we did together stuck in my mind and kept cropping back up. And I'm like, I want to do something like that again, man. Like, I just want to talk to people. (laughs) Now, keep in mind is that 2015, I walked away. Mm -hmm. I was so burnt out having yeah. done hundreds and hundreds of shows. Um, I was working full time again because for a while there I was doing the podcast thing. Just that was the only thing I was doing there. But eventually I were, returned back to full-time work on top of doing the podcast stuff. And um, I left the redhead Blackbeard network and uh, walked away just in general. I was just so frustrated because there were other things that were going on there too with uh, redhead Blackbeard that we won't, even get into in this (laughs) yeah joe and i have a bit of a a history the way that we met uh we 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 share a traumatic experience (laughs) (laughs) and you know what we during our first run of this with the poor audio i i think we got into it pretty in detail i think maybe we'll just skip over all that for this one and and not stir the uh the the pot but yeah, we were literally pouring our hearts up. But I, you know, I, I said to him afterwards, I was like, this is very cathartic. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was nice to talk about this to somebody who could understand the situation Yeah, that happened there. That was just completely, utterly frustrating. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, having, you know, many of you in defeat in, in Pittsburgh, running into the jaws from of Pittsburgh. Yeah. If you're listening from Pittsburgh, you'll know exactly who we're talking about and you'll be able to commiserate. But Maybe we'll save all the details of that for a future show. <laughs> or no show at all. Or actually. no show. Yeah, we'll just skip it. <laughs> um, um, unless he decides to do something stupid again. Yeah, because the thing is with um that day Red will Beard, come. With with uh Redhead Blackbeard is is that you know he uh he has a tendency sometimes to really make an ass of himself. So 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, enough about that. Okay. Yes. So, so let's move on to, uh, you know, the same, something that everybody can kind of, uh, kind of relate to right now is the pandemic and the vaccine. I, I received my first vaccine shot a couple weeks ago. I go back in Friday for my second one. Uh, Joe, are you getting vaccinated? Well, yeah, because I'm fat. So and <laughs> the high blood pressure thing that happens whenever you hit your forties sometimes yeah. when you're fat. So I'm getting mine in March, early March here. So oh, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Uh, yeah, Peter and Steve wanted to have uh, my the the owners of the bathhouse uh, that I market. They wanted to have a meeting on Friday, and I was like, "I love you both, but I got to go get that vaccine shot, and then count mm-hmm. me out for Saturday too, because I'm probably going to be on the couch." <laughs> well, yeah. How did that first one go? Pretty well. It felt like nothing. I've had multiple shots in my shoulder, the steroids, uh, antibiotics for different reasons. So I was kind of dreading this because a shot in the shoulder doesn't really feel that good, but, uh, it took only about uh, 20 seconds. I was, I literally walked into the room, pulled my sleeve up, started to have a, like tried to start a conversation and it was, it was done. Uh, she's like, they were like, screw you. We're too busy. We need to, it was (laughs) bam, bam, bam. One, I didn't feel it Two, It didn't hurt afterwards. I, it just. It felt like nothing. It only, it only took five seconds. That's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I figure that, you know, a lot of people are saying it's usually the second shot. Yeah. That you in more than the first shot. So, right. So there are some people that are getting side effects after the first shot. Mm-hmm. I was not one of them. I didn't feel, I, I maybe slept a little harder that night, uh, but I didn't feel anything. I wasn't, wasn't ill at all. Now, uh, as you said, uh, people are reporting that the second shot does you in a little harder. Uh, so I'm going to make sure that I've got some ice cream. I'm going to make sure that I've got a movie or two queued up that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get that shot and I'm going to plan to spend the next day on the couch. There you go. Yeah. Maybe get Good some, deal. maybe get some fruity pebbles. <laughs> yeah. I did mine on it where I have two days off in a row. Oh, nice. So in this case here, then yeah, I went ahead and did it then. So that way. I know by the next day whether I'll be feeling better and going to work yeah. the day after. So we'll see what <laughs> happens there. But, you know, I think with this vaccine coming out, I think finally we're going to start moving towards normalcy again. Because oh, yeah. for the past two years, we've not had normalcy, you know? Yeah, no, you're Like, for you're example, your, right. your, your bathhouse has been, what, pretty much closed. Yeah. We, that whole um, entire time. It, we reopened briefly during the summer because the cases were like plummeting. They were going way down. Everything Mm -hmm. looked like it was heading in the right direction. So we reopened under, you know, uh, with strict guidelines, uh, mask wearing and stuff like that, but no no touching of the genitals, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but at the end of summer, the cases began to explode and go way back up. So we had to, we had to close back down again. It's difficult during a situation like this because believe it or not, there are a lot of people that want us to be open. We get a ton of messages and calls and uh, emails uh, asking if we're open, when we're opening, stuff like that. We, But we can't. We can't right now. Not, you know, it's a very thin line 
uh, during a pandemic, watching the safety of of the community and your patrons versus making revenue, you know, I, you know, that's the part that's always amazed me. Like, for example, I help a bar in Pittsburgh out with their Facebook and website and technical stuff and everything. And, um, you know, so I can see all their Facebook messages that come through. Yeah. And just the absolute stupidity. It's like, um, are you guys open? Do you have shows? You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) We we get that too. As a matter of fact, hot mass, uh, which is a party on the second floor of the bathhouse every Saturday, Mm -hmm. they had towels made up just for us for like to to commemorate this time i'd i'll I'll show it to you here real quick okay yeah let's see this here it's messages that we've received on facebook oh god (laughs) are you normal open you open normally today open now is what this (laughs) towel says (laughs) let me let me reset here oh my goodness that's funny as hell because I mean, it's like, it's like people have no, no self-awareness of what's going on outside of their own little bubble, you know? Yeah. It's like, they're acting like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? What's, you know, what can I do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what it's can I do? And ev- uh, you know, every like, day, nonstop it's you guys open, you guys open and I'll respond and I'll say, as soon as we have any information, we'll post it on our website. We'll post it on our Facebook, our Twitter, uh, we'll make a YouTube video out of it. You you won't be You'll able definitely to definitely know. Yeah. Yeah, you won't be able to get away from the information. And they say, okay, thank you. Literally four or five days later, the same person. You guys open yet? <laughs> when you open it. It's like, oh man. Settle down, Mary. You'll get your dick sucked eventually. Just host somebody at your own house. I mean, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, you know, just go to the truck stop bathroom. As much as you should not maybe be hooking up with random people during a pandemic. Yeah. people are going to still do what they want to do there. And some yeah. people's lower heads are, you know, talking mm-hmm. louder than their upper heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thinking with exactly. the other brain. Yeah. I mean, and you know, they can't help it, but I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's sex during the pandemic is a very tricky thing because we all want to have sex. Uh, yeah. but, uh, we also don't want to get a virus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but it's it's a very difficult thing. And in regards to the bathhouse, we will reopen eventually, but uh, you know, we gotta we gotta be very careful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you don't wanna, I mean, be the cause of a you know super spreader event. Sure. Absolutely you not. Know? Absolutely not. We don't want to ever do anything to endanger uh or jeopardize the health of our patrons, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just a case here where it's kind of made you rethink things like, you know, hugging people, kissing people. Oh my God. You you remember hugging people? Oh, admittedly. I mean, I'll be honest. I've been to a bar Mm -hmm. a few times, you know, yeah. most of those times were to fix things that would inevitably go wrong, you know, technical wise, you know, like computer's not working, sounds not working, so on and so forth. You'd be there. People haven't seen me in a while. They'd be like, hi, you know, and then hug, you know, mm. you know, oh, well, let me put it this way. Do you remember hugging people without the guilt? <laughs> oh, yes, I do that. I do remember that. But now it's kind of like, okay, 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably one of those people who where if I have no reason to have my mouth open, like I'm not drinking something mm-hmm. like a beer, for example, or, um, you know, I'm not smoking my vape, you know, then I'm, I usually have my mask on if I'm talking to somebody, you know, yeah. so, you know, and, uh, you know, some people may look at me weird for that, but you know, that's, you know, the case there where I should really have that thing on as often as possible. Sure. However, you know, on the other hand, nothing in life is guaranteed. You know, I wear that mask. I'm not going to get coronavirus. I still could. Sure. I could get it from going to the grocery store. I could get it from, you know, walking outside. I mean, that'd be very low possibility. Sure. And honestly, the bar is probably the highest possibility of getting something like that there. Because as people get drunk, you know, they have a tendency to throw the rules out the window, you know. Right. Nonetheless, right. you know, yeah, one of those cases that. there where it's we like s- if you're doing it once every great while or, you know, if you're doing it every weekend, those are two different risk factors. Sure. Risk factors. I can't talk today. Sure. You know, one's low, one's high, you know. So you really got to take your chances and, you know. Yeah. But it really, really what it boils down to is everything in moderation. You know? Absolutely. Well, a couple months ago, I went down to Lucky's. A couple of okay. my friends were going, uh, and it was like uh, a dumb night, like Tuesday or something. I was like, okay, there's not going to be anybody there anyway, and there wasn't. Uh, but uh, so we went and we sat down at one of the booths downstairs, and uh, didn't really get into much, but I still felt nervous about it. So I just stayed home for the next 14 days and watched myself and I felt fine. And on like day 14, I was like, thank God I didn't get anything from going to Lucky's. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's just a matter of, I mean, when you have people who are closely together, maybe not wearing their masks as much as they should, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in a bar where, you know, people were drinking beers, you know, and now eating food, you know? Yeah. So yeah. How was Lucky's food, by the way? I'm just kind of curious. I think it was like pretzels or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a real, you know, <laughs> iffy there as to what qualifies as food. I've heard some places are serving peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Actually, you know. PB&J and a beer. Could you imagine that? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Historically, Lucky's food hasn't been that bad. Like when they have like their New Year's Eve buffet, buffet, you know, uh, the Thanksgiving. There have been times when I've been stuck here in Pittsburgh and I couldn't go to see my family. So I just go down to Lucky's and eat down there. And it was always perfectly fine. That food has always scared me. I'll be honest. <laughs> well, it would scare me too. If I got there like more than three hours after they put it out. Yeah. If it was just had recently been put out, I'd probably be fine with it. But yeah, yeah I always, I always went down right as they're putting it out. I look to see what time the food's going to be ready. And that's when I show up. but i noticed that if i hang around for a few hours and you know have a drink and chat with people that food's still sitting there a few hours later and there's new people coming in and they're gonna eat it and i'm just like oh boy i wouldn't (laughs) sitting there like suckers Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're eating old food yeah (laughs) and uh with that said here uh, we're going to go ahead here. We're going to take a break and we're going to be right back to the Not Straight Cast after this. Hey, welcome back to Not Straight Cast. Once again, I'm Joe. 
my co-host Jason is here with me. And, you know, there's something I really realized during this pandemic is that it really became like what's, I guess you could say it's the great equalizer. It kind of knocked everybody down a peg, you know? A little bit. Yeah. But go ahead and elaborate. You know, for example, you know, um, one big thing that happened this year in Pittsburgh is that um, the foundation that creates our gay pride events, the Auto Foundation, all of a sudden faced with the fact that, hey, we're going to have the cancel pride, Mm -hmm. you know, after trying to purport that they were a uh, nonprofit organization that was basically the voice of the gays and the lesbians and the transgender and the bisexuals and the in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, and they all companies. decided that. Yeah, <laughs> Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> so if you need something gay and you're in the media, you go to them and they'll provide you with it. But anyways, because <laughs> they were the voice for all the gays. Yeah, absolutely. And anyways, so anyways, um, so all of a sudden, um, a few things happened. One is that the um, president of the Delta Foundation, his name's Gary Van Horn. Um, got charged with impersonating a sheriff. Oh my God. What a mess. Which was, I mean, the weirdest thing. Okay. So basically he was caught basically outside somewhere after an accident, directing traffic and had a car with lights on it. Basically he was playing make believe sheriff. Oh, and <laughs> so I knew why he was arrested, like the in general why, but I didn't know that he was out there directing traffic or or anything like that. I didn't get any of those details. Yeah, because I guess he didn't actually have any of the actual you know things that you need there. He had these papers, you know, that were signed by a judge, but then all of a sudden, judges like I never signed those papers. So then all of a sudden, along with impersonating, you know, a uh, <laughs> sheriff, it's also we have the, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like. Oh my! Well, anyways, yeah. So, pressure mounted. He stepped down from Delta Foundation. Mm-hmm. They got uh, a replacement. Somebody like uh, Shepard or something like that. A guy s- kind of stepped in in the interim to take over. Well, here's the th- weird thing about Shepard. If you look him up mm-hmm. in the newspapers, yeah, there's at least two or three cases where he has been arrested for, you know, like domestic disputes with his boyfriends. Oh, that's silly goose. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. I mean, so could we get somebody in charge of the Dell foundation? Yeah. Who has not been arrested. Absolutely. Maybe a little more of a role model. What I believe the LGBT that, community. Yeah, yeah. I believe that that's all a moot point anyway, because uh, eventually they decided, you know what? F it. We're done. <laughs> Didn't they dissolve? Well, that was the whole entire thing was, is yeah, the Delta Foundation all of a sudden can't have pride. Apparently, they have no money. Yeah. You know? What kind of foundation puts all their eggs in one basket to the point that if you can't produce that one event, you're done for? Right. Well, that's right. And now, I I, I don't want this to be taken as gospel because I I, I don't have, you know, my sources so you know what you to say? back it up. Well, okay. So, you know what you say then? Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, there we go. Multiple companies and organizations donated to Pittsburgh Pride 2020. And when it was canceled, they didn't get their money back. Well, I think that would probably be expected there. Yeah, because all of a sudden, 
you know, we can't hold this pride celebration. We're going to hold it next year, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sure. You know, and then all of a sudden, okay, well, we don't have any money now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead here and we're going to dissolve as a foundation. I wonder if I could get Walmart and uh, all of those other companies to give me $100,000 for absolutely no reason. Wouldn't that be great? I'll, I'll walk around with a sign telling people how great they are. Well, the thing was, is that, you know, there was always questions on what they were doing with the money that they wouldn't make from pride. Not paying, you know, in theory, in theory, it should be going to supporting the things that the foundation does other than pride. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people were saying here, allegedly there was, you know, some issues going on where, you know, people were taking that money and using it for things not related to Delta Foundation. Oh, wow. You know, and apparently they were supposed to investigate this here, but I guess now that the foundation is gone, hmm. you know, it was like, okay, you know, <laughs> let's not worry about that anymore. The foundation doesn't exist. Yeah. Next you thing know, you know, you have two organizations. Oh, yeah. Just coming up and be like, hey, we'll host Pride next year. It's like, okay, well, wait, you know. Right. Slow your roll for a second here. <laughs> Who voted you the new queen? You know, yeah. it was like the king is dead. Long live the queen. No doesn't work that way you know yeah you know Get what i would do entire community together you know I yeah mean, something organically will come from that it's not like the next day you're like bam okay we're <laughs> the kings of pride now you know sure sure well we'll see how that works out i'll be interested to see i personally don't necessarily need the big blockbuster numbers the big giant acts i mean yeah it was fun to go and see shaka khan and uh, Adam Lambert's and some of the people that they've had throughout the years. Hell, I even liked the ABBA cover band. I don't care if other people didn't like it. I love ABBA. Uh, but here's what I would do if I were in complete control of pride. I would fill those stages with local and local to the tri-state area talent. Like I would have... Uh, I would I would give a stage to Brewers. I would give a stage to P Town. I I just the Manic Monday crew. You know what I mean? I would give a stage to Blue Moon and, and then I, have them program their individual stages. Have them program their individual yeah. stages. And then on the big gigantic mm-hmm. main stage, perhaps we would have one big giant choreographed blowout number kind of like moulin rouge style where all these (laughs) everybody everybody yeah all these different bars and all these different queens come together to do one giant uh performance uh at the end of the night to close it out and perhaps there are different uh uh queer theater groups queer poetry groups queer i i uh there's a choir uh, so on and so forth, have them rotate through uh, throughout the day on that main stage and then just have one giant blockbuster number at the end of the night with the entire local community and tip uh, tip buckets out. <laughs> like really tells me, Jason, that you've never done project management before in your life, right? Oh, you couldn't be more dead wrong on that. Oh my <laughs> I'm god! I'm joking. No, the, the, like the reason the reason why I'm saying that is is that trying to herd all those drag queens together. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I get, get them that. to be prepared. Yeah, in any amount of time, I think would be virtually impossible. Well, some drag queens like when I DJ, 
drag mm-hmm. shows sometimes. Sometimes it's like two seconds before their number, and they still can't decide what song that they're doing. <laughs> oh, I no, literally have to scream at them. It's like, what song am I playing here for you? I'm aware, but oh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. not it's not worse than trying to coordinate fiber vendors, uh, like fiber optic vendors, and uh, oh, I can imagine yeah. all all of that kind of stuff, which is the project management that I have done in the past. I've and, given you a hard uh, time. I wasn't, <laughs> but <laughs> I wasn't asking for your project management qualifications. I was just saying, is that oh, you, no, no, yeah, no, you know how fine. hard it is? Yeah, absolutely. I would hope that I would hope that for <laughs> such a big event with, and they would get paid highly as well. All that money that would have gone to a Kesha or a uh, Shaka Khan would be going to, uh, to these groups as well as giant tip buckets, but it, it's Pittsburgh pride. I feel like, Pittsburgh talent should be not just featured, but like showcased with a spotlight and be on the main stage. Oh, yeah. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It should be the main event. It shouldn't be off on some tiny little stage on a side street or way down at the end where nobody goes. It should be right there uh, in the heart of everything where everybody can see it and it should be the main event, uh, local talent. And I think mm-hmm. that in regards to vendors, it could be queer artists, uh, queer crafters. Uh, we've got so many artists in this community and we've got people who make ceramics and we've got people who, uh, build things and create clothing and stuff like that, as well as chefs, uh, we should have the entire Pittsburgh queer community in that festival instead of chicken on a stick uh, in five different locations that cost. I love chicken on a stick. Come on. Chicken on a stick tastes good, but I don't like spending 15 bucks on it and we don't need five of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to walk far for that chicken on a stick though. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. So I like the fact that there's five of them, Yeah, um, but honestly, Going back to what you're saying there, I think actually, you know, I'm I'm being critical of the fact that all these groups have stepped up to host Pride, but you know what? Right. If they turn into something like that, I think a lot more people would be happy with the way, you know, Pride was run there. So I mean, right. so one 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 hand, you have to give them credit for stepping up. Okay. Right. But you know, let's see what happens here. You know, prove yourselves, and then we'll go sure. from there. Kind of. Thing. Well, so everything that I said. Sounds like a great idea, and I would love to do that, but it's not actually as possible as you would think. Because true, very the entire true. reason that they were able to secure the permits uh, and rent the sound equipment or purchase the sound equipment, or basically the, the way that they were able to pay their overhead costs was because Marlboro became a sponsor and got a tent, was because the chicken on a stick people paid PME, uh premium prices for their spot. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, stuff like that. And so when you get rid of the chicken on a stick and you get rid of Marlboro, which a lot of people were angry about a couple years ago, and you get rid of the uh the gutter people and the window people and the corporate people, then you take away a lot of the income that's necessary to pay the overhead. So that's what I don't have the answer to, and I hope one of these other organizations does. How do you pay for your overhead without all of those corporate sponsors? 
because I don't think that community donations are going to cover it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, also keep in mind too, though, is that if you don't have any huge draw, it's not going to be as big of a crowd, right? you know, because. Well, and they're not charging. The, the, they're not charging yeah. to get in. Well, the issue though, then with pride there as well, was the fact that since they were having these huge acts like Nick Jonas and mm-hmm. the ill-fated Iggy Azalea, you know, yeah. <laughs> before that. So, you know, people were like, Oh, I want to go see them, you know, and they'll right. go ahead there and they'll, you know, that's they'll worth, pay that's ticket worth, prices for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's worth go, driving the five hours to get to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. People coming in from all over, flying in from out of state just for that. And without those big, those big, uh, uh, names, people might not do that. They might not drive mm-hmm. the five hours or fly in from another state. Yeah. I mean, basically it was turning into a big concert event, you know, in downtown Pittsburgh and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, okay, we're trying to be these big cities and everything there. And we're not that big of a city. That's right. the problem. You know, I mean, we were punching way above our level and, you know, and it kind of came crashing in upon us there. Sure. Especially like you were talking about the ABBA cover band that yeah. one year. I love like, them. I, 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 I forget what was happening there, but they were trying to book somebody and they couldn't book anybody. And it was just became a big joke. And Right. Yes. That was, a, yeah. that was a fun year. But uh, I really like the ABBA cover band. I love ABBA. I don't know any gay people that don't like ABBA, but I think it was just the disappointment because people were constantly saying, hey, when are you going to announce the uh, the performer? And now it's like three weeks beforehand, and they're like, uh, ABBA cover band. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, Nonetheless, yeah, it was just, I mean, we, we kind of really went deep in that foxhole there on the on pride, you know, but it was kind of like, well, you it's know, about long to be with, relevant again soon. Yeah, true. But, um, the point I was trying to get at was kind of like, you know, everybody kind of got knocked off their high horse. You know, you have all these TV sure. shows producing episodes from home, newscasters working from home, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, it became kind of this weird, weird time, you know, you're kind of like just seeing like everybody kind of just reduced to, podcasting you know sure well yeah you're absolutely right you've got your teachers uh-huh. uh you've got uh your newscasters you've got your television show hosts you've got your late night show hosts and you've got your porn stars everybody's working from home only fans just for fans you know all that kind speaking of speaking of which i mean it seems like almost nowadays everybody has an only fans yeah it's a good way to make money <laughs> Which I guess you need at this point, you know? Yeah. I mean, then Pornhub went and deleted all those videos off their website there, but I understand why they did it there. I mean, oh, I but think what was also weird is that. Fantastic that like, they did that. I'm sorry, go ahead. I think that that's fantastic that they did that. Real quick before you move on, for the people that are trying to make money online uh, through uh, that type of content, mm-hmm. they just. I lost a bunch of competition. So when Pornhub went and deleted all of the videos that were uploaded by non-verified users, all of the verified users then became more prominently visible in the search results. So you may you you put in a certain search term and you're going to find verified users now that are trying to make money and working to make a living on that site. 
Yeah, that was the interesting thing also, too. I guess they lost their um, credit card processing. So yeah. now you have to pay with Bitcoin, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, I, I mean, think so that they like, figured that out. I think they, I think they got a new credit card processor, but there was a little bit of a, an mm-hmm. iffy period there. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden there was kind of like, you know, it's like, well, who the hell is going to be subscribing to this now? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I imagine probably put a real dent in their, yeah. their business model there, but, um, you know, that was just weird. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, you know, why all of a sudden now, you know? Yeah, but nonetheless, um, I think it was a good move and it definitely helped out their verified models that are trying to make money on that site. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For, it was good for them. Mm-hmm. Bad for the rest of us. You know, all of a sudden, you, you can still go to my X-Tube favorite video, all the weird stuff. <laughs> they even did the same thing on Xtube, I think, actually. Did they? Yeah, I think it's part of all the same network. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't watch porn, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like. Speaking of which, yeah, people love the criticize people who make money online that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like those people, though, are complete hypocrites if they consume that material that the other people are making. Yeah, absolutely. You know, did they ever think of that for a second? It's kind of like, you know, it's, well, I can watch porn, but I never do porn. It's like it's like going know? to Dunkin' Donuts every day and then talking shit on people who make donuts. <laughs> yeah, it's like. They're making minimum wage, you know. Yeah, <laughs> making donuts. Well, you eat those donuts. Yeah, somebody has to make them. You know? No, I'm I'm absolutely pro that type of work. I see no reason why people can't make money in that industry or anything wrong with it, as long as everything's consensual and legal. Make money off of it. My only concern with it is is that I just wish the rest of society would catch up with that. There, yeah. Because, I mean, doing that type of work can still have ramifications outside of online. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's people who get kicked, you know, there are, who kids get kicked out of school because they're doing OnlyFans, you know. Yeah. You know, I've seen cases of that. You know, it's just um, one of those things there where, you know what? I mean, sure. it's work, you know. There's, a, you know, like nobody's getting hurt, you know. I agree. So... Uh, I agree. Like I said, as long as everything is consensual and legal, I think that it's a wonderful way to generate income. Exactly. Yeah. So with that said here, um, what have you been watching lately? Not porn related, but what have you been watching other than porn? One of the problems with the pandemic is that I watched so much TV that I kind of got caught up. Now I'm constantly looking for new things because there isn't enough out there, you know, for me. But what I've been watching recently along with the rest of the world is WandaVision. Okay. Have you seen that yet? I've seen clips of it. So it's kind of weird what clips I've seen of it <laughs> and we'll get to that in a moment, but so go ahead. are you familiar with I uh, the rights to the different Marvel properties, like how Fox owned the X-Men and Fantastic Four and Sony owned Spider-Man. So are, are you familiar with all that? Not quite, but okay. Yeah. Well, here's I a mean, very nutshell version. Yeah, give me it. Sure. A long time ago, Marvel as a company was going bankrupt. Okay. So to save their asses, they started selling off some of their movie rights. So 
they sold X-Men and Fantastic Four to Fox. Then Fox created the X-Men movie in 2000, and it went really, really well. It did really well. So Marvel was like, oh, hey, okay, so people do like superhero movies. Let's take a look at the different uh, the different properties that we haven't sold yet. Start making some movies. So they did Iron Man and Thor and Hulk, and, st- and then they made the Avengers, okay. you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So in the comic books, the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and the Avengers, they all know each other. They're all in the same world. Okay. But the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, MCU, with the Avengers, they couldn't use the X-Men because they sold the X-Men to Fox. They don't They don't own the X-Men anymore. I see. Okay. So there's like this disconnect between the two then. Correct. But about a year ago, Disney bought Fox. Disney owns Marvel. Okay. So now Marvel does own X-Men again, but they've already got this giant movie world established. How do they start bringing in X-Men? You know, so all of that, uh, all of that, I say, because this show WandaVision, a lot of people believe that this show is going to introduce the multiverse into the the MCU. And they speculate that the multiverse is how they're going to introduce the X-Men. So that's why I'm excited. It's kind of like how they did with Star Wars, where the first Star Wars movie mm-hmm. actually was like the third episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. <laughs> Which was interesting because somebody actually one time sat me down and had me watch them all in order. Yeah. You know, one, two, the original one, three, sure. you know, it was weird how well the 1977 version, the third episode, you know, being filmed decades before the other ones actually held up there. So, but I like what they're doing with WandaVerse. Um, the reason why I've seen clips of WandaVerse is that I'm a big a retro computing fan. Okay. I actually have a um, Commodore 64 mini computer there. I want to get the full-size version. I actually want to get a real one. Nice. It's my first computer I ever had. And um, it was kind of funny. I was watching a YouTube channel called 8-Bit Show and Tell. And there's this office scene in one division where they're all sitting in an office Mm -hmm. in front of Commodore 64s. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then they're going through, it's like, well, okay, one, they're not turned on Two, the hard drive, you know, like the disc drives aren't connected. Right. Three, what's this being displayed on the screen doesn't actually make sense. Right. You know, so it's kind of like, it was close, but it wasn't quite, you know, sure. Quite right. You know, sure. You know, but it was kind of weird. It was like, okay, here's all these clips from one division. Somebody's going to analyzing that. And it was kind of like, for me, that's interesting. I'm much more of a nonfiction kind of guy. Gotcha techie kind of guy yeah you know so um what's interesting is is that there's a channel out there um of somebody who pretty much covers the uh, best way to explain it would be for the most time he covers obscure tape formats his name's tech okay and um you know i guess i should actually say audio formats because he covers like cd players and stuff like that talks about like cd techs and how that came all about and everything and as it turned out is um you know when you play stuff on youtube you gotta obviously keep from getting copyright matches Mm -hmm. and so um he would have to use 
you know, music by artists who wouldn't hit the copyright strike system on YouTube. Sure. And as it turns out, one of those artists that watched Tecmo, liked them and sent them their CD was Candy Apple Blue, which is a Pittsburgh band. Oh, wow. Which is fronted by two of my friends. Um, the one I'm really good friends with, and the other one is his sister. Um, his name's Hoyt. And uh, I was like, Wait, uh, do you watch Tecmo? And he's like, yeah, we're huge fans. I was like, yeah, I saw your CD on there. Yeah, the one that you gave me last week, you know. Are you talking about was, Hoyt Hoyt? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hoyt. Yeah. Candy Apple Blue. Oh, he was in a band? Yeah, he is in a band. Him oh. and his sister have a synth pop group. I had no idea. I love Hoyt. <laughs> I, had no, <laughs> I had no idea he was in a band. I, 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 I mean, you probably knew he was a nurse in real life, right? So. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, as his side gig, him and his sister. Oh, wow. Do music. He actually writes the words and stuff. He doesn't actually play instruments, but yeah. he writes all the words and his sister pretty much does all the music stuff. Uh, wow. I'm going to look that up. He sings back up, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. When we're done recording this, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to put in my, uh, I got the, um, uh, the Samsung earbuds. Boop. Got a new Samsung phone. I did. I got the S21 and these cool red earbuds. When we're done recording, I'm going to pop these in, play some, would you say, Candy Apple Blue? Yep. And uh, go to Starbucks and get a refill because I'm out. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on a different topic here, uh, you can see out my window here, it's starting to get dark a little bit. Uh, but here coming up very soon, we're going to uh, switch over to daylight savings time. And I think that that's going to do wonders for a lot of people's mental health. I think so too. And I think more and more people get vaccinated mm-hmm. and uh, we'll start getting back to normal. Yeah. A good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the beginning of the end. We're not at the end yet, but I mean, with vaccinations, the heat coming back within the next couple of months, uh, the cases are already dropping anyway. With mm-hmm. all of those things combined, as the vaccination numbers go up, as the heat comes up, I'm I'm really hoping that we start to at least be able to see where the end's going to be. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like this has gone on long enough, and uh, you know, thank God we have a new administration in the White House that's actually going to, you know move things forward instead of having us stuck in the mud, spitting our wheels. I hope so. I'll be completely honest with you. I'm not a hundred percent happy with the way that he's doing so far, but I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a hundred percent happy with how anybody's doing. No, I, I and, am. And that's the entire thing. Yeah. You have to be critical yeah, I mean, yeah. of these people. They're public servants. I am. Know? However, happy that I no more Betsy DeVos, no more Andrew. Uh, what, what's his face? I, no more Jared Kushner, no more Don Jr. and Eric, no more Ivanka, no more uh, Ben Carson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah, they're doing a lot more things correct than they're doing wrong. You know, right. and that's the nice thing to see right. there is, is that, you know, and they're like, hey, if we make a mistake, we'll own up to it. Right. You know, and, and they had a situation with their deputy press secretary, you know, yeah. already. And they, you know, I think they were pretty clear about, you know. Right. what happens here and you know, here's what's going to happen. And then eventually they ended up actually leaving their post. I mean, so, I mean, but I thought it was interesting whenever, you know, he was swearing all those people in 
Oh yeah. You know, to their posts and everything. It's like, you know, if, um, you treat people with disrespect, disrespect, you will be fired. No questions asked. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, you know, a good sign of what happened there. So they're actually keeping their word, you know, yes. and that's, you know, that's what we like to see there. So yeah, absolutely. I, there are some things that I, I wish, uh, they would do a little bit differently. Uh, there are some things, some promises that he made that I'm not sure if they're going to get fulfilled or not, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's still better than nothing. <laughs> well, that's the whole entire thing is that he unfortunately can't do everything himself. Right. You know, we still have Congress to deal with here and oh, sure. that situation, you know, well, the situation is slightly better for Democrats. It's not perfect. You know, it, it's it's very good for Democrats having the the fifty well, split in the Senate, which we were way off of before. If you though have one person who decides I don't like this, they can completely gum up the works, and that's yes. the problem there, where you have literally no wiggle room. You know, right. so you're going to probably see a lot more middle of the road stuff, you yeah. know, going on here at least until the midterm elections. Yeah, so absolutely, yeah, so. We're almost at an hour here, Jason, so I think maybe we should wrap this up. Okay. Well, let's end it by saying that, you know, things aren't great still. We've got this pandemic going on, but here pretty soon we're going to have a little bit more daylight. Uh, Mm -hmm. Here pretty soon we're going to have slightly warmer temperatures. Uh, Here pretty soon more people are going to be vaccinated. And uh, if we can all remain hopeful and patient, uh, hopefully this is where we start to see things get better. Well said. Anyways. I'm a great wordsmith. (laughs) (laughs) We want to thank you very much here for listening to our premiere episode of the Not Straight Cast. We will see you next time. Have a good one. 